Hello and welcome to Own Your Intuition. I'm Kelly Rich. I'm your host, an intuitive psychic medium based out of Portland, Maine, currently offering all of my services globally and online. You can find all of the information on my work at kellyrichintuitive.com. And you can find me on Instagram where I post daily at kellyrichintuitive as well. If you enjoy today's episode, I kindly ask that you rate the show, that you write a review on Apple Podcasts, and each month I will be choosing someone to win a free 30-minute reading with me, no matter where you are in the world. All of my sessions are digital, so whether you're in Australia, you're in New Zealand, you're in India, or you're in Portland, Maine, um, you'll be winning the drawing. So you can screenshot it put it in your Instagram stories, tag me at Kelly Rich Intuitive, and you'll be placed in the drawing. I'll pick the next one on May 1st. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to stay up to date with all the new episodes coming your way. Every Sunday, I'm releasing a new one. And every other week, I plan to continue having a guest on the show where I interview them or have a really wonderful conversation. And I have some really beautiful people that are experts in their fields coming up for you over the next few weeks. So you'll be, you'll be wanting to subscribe. I highly recommend it. Another way to support this free show and this free content is to share it with your loved ones, especially if you enjoy it, if you love it, if you get something out of it. I have been receiving so many messages from you and how my voice is helping to calm you, how it's nurturing you, relaxing you, and how the information is really landing in your heart and your soul and helping you get through these challenging times. And I just really want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing to tell me how the show is helping you and sharing it with others because that's how this show can grow and that's how this information can really get into the ears and into the hearts of those that need it most. So I thank you because I can't do this alone and I need your help. Okay, let's get going. This week is has been so sweet for me to, to do and to sit in this information and to prepare and to sit with spirit and to be guided. This week I, I really feel guided to talk about this topic on savoring the cycles of nature and trusting them and aligning with our circadian rhythms and how intricately connected our rhythms are with our intuition, with the moon and our health, our well-being. Right now is a good time as any other to begin to align with the cycles of nature. In my studies in Ayurveda, I've heard many, many times how important it is to have some kind of routine and rhythm to our day-to-day and to our overall lives. And for me personally, I've been really trying my best to find some new routine as I hunker down at home and continue my global practice of readings and mentorships and ceremonies and all the things, right? While trying to also honor the part of me that needs rest, that needs to rejuvenate and renew. Finding a, a rhythm and a routine to the times of the day, right? We eat our meals or when we wake up, when we go to bed, when we exercise, when we rest, when we meditate, when we stimulate our senses and our brain through reading and writing and storytelling and studying, those are all important. You can talk to probably anyone that works a night shift and inevitably and eventually they will tell you and or their doctor how everything is off. 
right? Eventually the body starts to talk and their health may start to decline in one way or another, right? Being out of alignment with nature and the cycles out there, right? Means that we will become out of alignment with the cycles inside, with the nature in us. It's often easier for us to receive a prescription of some kind that doesn't make us change our daily habits, right? I see this, I've seen this often in my practice, particularly when it comes to health and changing habits. And sometimes people just aren't available for it and that's okay. And if you are a wellness leader or a practitioner or a counselor or a health coach or even a yoga teacher or someone that has wisdom inside of you and you're sharing it with others, you've got to be willing to not be attached to the outcome of your clients and your students and your your, your people. You've I'm going to say that again because this is really important. You've got to be disconnected to the outcome of your clients, your students, your patients, your people. You've got to trust that you showing up authentically, you showing up in your wisdom is enough. You are not responsible for what people do with the information you give them. You're just not. They have free will and they have choice. You may listen to this today, for example, and you may really love the information, but you're not ready to change and that's okay. However, in a month, in a year, in 10 years, you may be reminded by something from this episode and that may spark something inside of you to create change. Or that book that you read yesterday and finished, you may not actually implement what was in that book until tomorrow, next month, right? You see where I'm going with that? So as a wellness leader, as a, as a practitioner, as a counselor, as someone who shares wisdom and guidance and education, you've got to be willing to be disconnected to the outcome. You're not responsible for that. But I do find that it is easier for some people to receive a prescription, like of a pill, to take one or two times a day than it is to change their purchasing habits, how they eat, how they prepare it, right? The food that we grew up eating, the words that we grew up hearing and the mirroring, the way we watched our guardians and our parents exercise or lack of, everything we witnessed as children eventually becomes our reality too. It's the laws of nature. Unless we become co-creators, unless we become these conscious humans that really work hard to claim our power and realize that we have choices every breath, every moment of every day. And sometimes this realization sucks, right? Because then we can either choose to engage in what Ayurveda says is one cause of disease, prajna paradha, one of my favorite Sanskrit words. Prajna paradha means crimes against wisdom. And continuing to do what we know harms us and our well-being uh, is a cause of a disease, right? It's like, we know smoking's bad, yet we continue to do it, right? That's Prajna Paradha. So we can make different choices. And one of those is that it's free to do so, right? Right now, can you look at where you could start aligning with the cycles of nature? You don't need a guru to tell you to go outside and sit with the trees and to align with nature. You can just go outside and sit with the trees, look up at the sky, look up at the moon, tune into your own cycles, especially if you're a woman, your menstrual cycle, your moon cycle. There's so much information embedded within these, these messengers, if you will, messengers from spirit, messages from mother earth. If you can't go outside, especially right now, if you're in a big city, you can open a window. 
Look up at the sky. Go on your porch. Tune into the moon. The body is said to be about 80% water, so no wonder that we are affected by the moon and the tidal rhythms. We are nature, and nature is us. The tides are within us, right? For me, I was deeply fortunate enough to live next to the ocean, pretty much on the ocean. I could always smell the salt, could put my feet in the sand, hear the seagulls, look up at the moon all at the same time. I still do this. I still gravitate towards the ocean. And anytime I travel away from the ocean, I really feel it. I feel it inside. I feel it in my bones. This yearning, if you will, to return, watching the waves pull in and pull out, come in and come out, rise high and retreat low, have me captivated, truly captivated. It's really as if I, I stand there at, at the feet of the merciless ocean, the ocean waves that I feel this string inside of me pulling at my center, at my heart, my core, coaxing out what needs to be cleared, what needs to be instilled in me. Right? There's this inherent trust that I've, I don't know if I've ever felt elsewhere when I stand at the feet of the ocean, the tides, the waves, the way she comes in, the way she comes out. It really feels like this string. It's the best way I can, I can describe it. The string being pulled from my center, helping me to clear and instilling me this trust. How do you feel when, you're, when you go to the ocean? Do you live near the ocean? Do you feel called to her, especially right now? Or do you live far from the ocean? Is there another element of earth that you're drawn to? What is it? Even if it's a river or a lake or a stream, we come from water. We are water. We're about 80% water. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. The moon is inextricably linked to the water of the earth and the water of our bodies. The moon is feminine. She is wise. She is intuitive. She is yin. She is earth. She is water. The moon asks us to slow down, to often go within, to trust the gifts we have been given, to have the courage and the freedom to polish our gifts. Tends to be wisdom from the moon. The moon asks us to take days off, even from fulfilling our dreams and going and going and going, simply to tend to the earth, to dip our feet in the ocean and to bathe in the night sky. She is wise. She simply, she simply knows all. Aligning with the moon is one way to begin to develop an intricate and personal relationship with your own intuition, your own cycles and your own circadian rhythms. There's medicine here. There's medicine. And why, and while I find it, it, there to be always a time and a place to ask for help, I also feel that there's a time and a place to go within, to ask ourselves the questions that we have for others, to start listening to our own cycles. We are born with this nature. We are born with the gift to observe the macrocosm and the microcosm and the microcosm and the macrocosm. There's no coincidence that women have a 28-day cycle that aligns with the moon. We are nature. 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 And right now, as I'm recording this, 
right? Towards the end of April of 2020, the veil is lifting faster and faster and faster and faster. Let's be conscious co-creators. Let's be active participants in our own lives, even as the veil lifts. Let's not be passive in this. Let's be active. And when we feel called to rest, may we have the courage to rest. That's what a cycle is, right? That's what a cycle is. Knowing and feeling intuitively when we need to speed up, when we need to slow down. Where have you gone out of alignment? Where have you gone out of alignment? Finding alignment by honoring our mother, aligning with her in your daily habits and rhythms can be potent medicine. Hippocrates, known as the father of medicine from many, he is quoted saying something like, anyone who practices medicine without taking into consideration the movement of the stars is a fool. I'm not sharing this quote with you because I think it's 100% truth. I'm always in the inquiry of asking myself what is real and true for me in this moment, or at least I do my best to ask myself that. And I, I just find it fascinating. I fa- and I find it to be a really bold statement. And I, honestly, I've been fascinated with astrology for quite some time, and I've chosen to get my birth chart read a few times. I've had a Jyotish reading. Astrology has never historically speaking, come easy to me. And perhaps, you know, taking my own medicine is anything worth acquiring is often a bit of a challenge. So I've been diving a little bit more into astrology and and educating myself and investing in and learning about astrology and in the stars. And when I started to dive into the zodiac signs and the connection to body parts and organs, even plants, elements, uh, qualities. It was like a, a light bulb went off in me. Like, of course, everything is connected. We know this. We talk about this. And I love learning about the body. I love, love, love learning about the body and anatomy and physiology. I always have. I still do. I was the person in college studying anatomy excessively. I would ace every test, every quiz, every homework. I would dissect the animals in the laboratories and I would be I would honestly be the person that people would come to and ask questions. And it wasn't always like that in all of my all of my courses. Like there were definitely courses like organic chemistry where people were not coming <laughs> to me for um, advice. They were not asking me questions. And if they did, I'd be like, ha ha, I'm not the person. Next. Um, anatomy was though. And I've always been drawn to anatomy. What's interesting, there's a little bit of sharing here. Um, with yoga, I really don't care about where my femur is when I'm in certain postures. Like I just don't, I don't want to teach someone about how their shoulder girdle moves. That's not what lights me up. I'll give it, I'll give that to someone else, you know, like how the pelvis operates and happy baby. Great for all the people that are inspired by that and that are lit up by those conversations. We need you to do that work. Like we need it, but I'm just, I'm not that person. The anatomy for me is more, um, it was more about just learn, like learning about my own body and other people's bodies. And it lit me up, like learning how the body worked before I was consciously aware of how the stars were within us was an interesting experience for me. Like if I were to take the courses that I took in undergrad again now, I probably would have different outlook on everything, especially because I wasn't, I wasn't fully aligned with my intuition and my psychic gifts then. And now I 
recognize myself as being a medical intuitive and I feel like my anatomy helped shape that gift for me, helped me to polish it. And my courses in anatomy has certainly come in handy for me to, to trust, right? Sometimes I'll see a body scan of my clients and spirit will point or show me where imbalances may be occurring. Anytime I I see this, I'm I'm honestly I'm mindful of telling my clients I'm not a medical doctor. And I'm telling you this right now, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm not a medical doctor. I am not advising you to change any of your medications. I'm not diagnosing you. I'm not changing your prescriptions. I'm not treating you. I do not operate in this way, nor am I interested in it. In the same way, I'm not interested in talking about your shoulder girdle and how it moves in down dog or, or how it doesn't. I don't even know. You know, it's like I move from a very spiritual place, from an ethereal place, from an intuitive place. I'm interested in in how we can work with our emotions and our physical body and how they're connected rather than just worrying about alignment and staying stuck in the logical mind. I feel like when there's a blend, for me, those are the classes that I'm that I'm drawn to. So what are you drawn to? You know, like what lights you up, particularly when we talk about the stars and astrology and nature and the cycles and the circadian rhythms and the body is connected, at least from my studies with astrology, like how the zodiac signs have their own, um, their own governing organs. How wonderful is that? Right. And I feel like the more that I learn, the more information spirit moves through me in a session. I was talking about this in my Reiki training with my group yesterday online, and I was sharing with them, you know, the, it's, if you want to be intuitive, which I mean, you already are, it's more of like accepting it and claiming your power. And if you're interested in doing your own readings as a psychic, as a medium, as an intuitive, as a medical intuitive, whatever your language is, for me and my experience, and I'm going to give you this advice right now, the more I learn, the more like right now I'm studying to be an herbalist and I'm studying Chinese medicine. And as I dive into these topics, I'm starting to receive more channeled information about the things I'm learning in sessions with clients. It is very rare although it still happens, that spirit will give me tools to give to you as a client that I know nothing about. It's very rare. So as I educate myself, I'm able to educate you in a more aligned and authentic way. So the more you learn, the more you're able to share your wisdom, the more that wisdom can flow through you. Okay. That feels good. That feels complete. It often happens when I'm channeling. Like, things are just moving through me when I do the podcast and even in sessions like this wave of information will come in and then it'll just stop it'll be complete and it's like okay next what would you like to talk about next uh okay I okay I also want to say that sometimes I feel like with the medical intuition that I'm a stepping stone for people to call their doctors or to become more in tune with what's going on in their bodies. And however, learning how the connection above in the sky is also within us really proves to me another aspect of this microcosm, which is us in the macrocosm, which is the universe. And maybe your homework (laughs) after this podcast episode is to look at the macrocosm and the microcosm and vice versa and where it is everywhere. It's in everything. The micro and the macrocosm cosm are in everything. Okay. Next, I really want to talk about the cycles, the moon cycles with you. 
the I've been teaching yoga classes. Um, my business started at Bug Light, which is a one of the most beautiful places, honestly, I've ever been to in my life. I used to live very close, walking distance from Bug Light Park in South Portland, Maine. You see the entire Portland skyline from there. You're surrounded by ocean. There's a lighthouse and sailboats and birds, and sometimes there's kites, and it, it's a magical place. And I started my business there doing an outdoor yoga class, and I would I started getting the calling to teach classes during eclipses and the new moons and the full moons and align the sequences to be synced with the cycles of the moon. And I really didn't know much about the cycles of the moon, but the information was moving through me. And eventually I took that as a sign to keep going, to keep learning about the cycles. And eventually I started studying Ayurveda, which many of you know, and I I studied at Kripalu, Kripalu's Ayurveda school in the Berkshires in Western Massachusetts. And through my time there, I learned more about the moon cycles on my own time. And I've been really drawn to doing the new moon, which every month starting... I started last month in March. I've been doing these new moon ceremonies and the new moon is really a time of heightened intuition and psychic abilities. I mean, anytime is really a time to access your intuition, but the new moon is, is a time of, instead of trying to find your intuition or access it, you, you can simply close your eyes and go within. It can be an intentional way to align with the rhythms. I'm serious though. Like stop, slow down, stop trying, start being stop trying, start being. That is some wisdom from the new moon. You can look at your calendar if you have one hung up on your wall and if it's if it has the moon cycles, which many of them do. The new moon is shown as a like a black disc or a dark disc, a circle like filled in. In, in my book that I have called The Power of Timing, the authors talk about how the detoxifying power of the body is at its peak during this time. So those who choose to fast during the new moon can, can prevent illness. I find that fascinating, right? You can find the book in the description of this episode. If you're, if you're interested, this is really a good time to look at your poor habits. That's another way of saying align, 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 like look at your poor habits and get curious about where you can find alignment Start now, start here with the new moon, trim your landscape during the new moon. Like if you have a tree that's dying in your yard, maybe you get rid of it during that time. Like the pieces that are rotten, um, cleaning it up, the earth quite literally inhales and exhales a bit more freely during the darkness, especially during the darkness of the new moon, right? She goes inward. And a little bit more about the new moon ceremonies, it's, which is so divinely timed with this podcast, is upcoming on this Thursday, April 23rd. I'm doing a digital new moon ceremony that's offered for anyone globally. And I do a collective reading. I open up the chat box. We do a Q&A. I answer any appropriate questions to the group. And then we end with a holy fire distance healing session. And the entire time is so sweet and is a really wonderful way to be introduced in how I operate and how I work in a group setting through Zoom. So if you are interested in aligning with the moon and you want to be a part of this sacred ceremony and you want to join us, you can DM me on Instagram at Kelly Rich Intuitive 
or send me an email, hello at Kelly Rich Intuitive, and the cost is 30 US dollars. The waxing moon is what comes after the new moon, right? We begin to visually sense the new moon's presence again and the power of timing. They state that the more the moon waxes, the more unfavorable the prospects for healing wounds and surgical operations. The closer to the full moon, the stronger the influences, right? So the quality of the waxing moon is that it's conducive to rest and recovery. That is not to say, do not go to your surgical appointment (laughs) during this time. That's not what I'm saying. This is more for information around ancient healing practices and understandings of the moon that likely originated thousands of years ago. So not saying to not honor what your doctor is saying, just to be clear. For the full moon, we often hear of an increase in crimes and accidents, uh, sleepwalking incidents, things like uh, gathering plant medicine during a full moon is also known as holding more potency. I was reading recently about witches. I've been drawn to witches since I was a child in Catholic school. I'll never forget. I I found this book in in our school library and it was about witches. And from what I remember, it was the principal or someone in charge of the school, the Catholic school brought me into their office because I was supposed to be reading something else. And they're like, why are you reading witches? Like you need to go to church <laughs> and, um, ever. That's my first memory of, of, you know, really being shunned. I was kind of shunned in a way. Like I felt shame for, for listening to the calling to, to open that book. And I was captivated. I've always loved Hocus Pocus and I've just been drawn to mystical stories and particularly about witches and, and powerful women who, who heal through herbs and intention. So I was reading recently about how witches during the full moon in folklore and not so folklore information and conversations, witches would gather herbs around the full moon. And in my studies, I was like, from prior to reading this, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because what I've read and what I've learned is that the new moon is, uh, excuse me, the full moon is a potent time to gather your herbs because the herbs in the plant medicine is known as being heightened or more potent. Another way to say that is more medicinal. The qualities of those plants start to increase. One thing I want to also share with you, a little bit of a side note from the moons, witches were also known as having cats back in the day. And um, a reason for this is because cats that are able to go outside, meaning they're, they're synced up with the natural rhythms in a more intense way than cats that aren't allowed to go outside. So I'm going to say that again in a different way. Cats that are kind of bound to the house where they can't go outside, they lose their connection to the rhythms of nature. So cats that are able to go outside are still in tune with the cycles of nature. And those cats who are allowed to go outside, when they come back into the house, they tend to gravitate towards places on the floor of the houses or corners of your home where there may be negative energy or... um, radiation from something in the house or something that's under the ground, um, below the structure. And some say that that's why witches would have a cat 
so that they could show them where that negative energy was in the house and then they could do their thing to help clear it or, or move altogether. I find that to be fascinating. I don't know about you, but um, so fascinating, right? Because there's so much information, at least depicted in like the Hollywood movies about witches and that they looked a certain way with these green warty noses and they wore these black hats and they flew on brooms and they only had black cats and they did negative things. No, let's be clear about that. Whether um, you're your intention is clean and clear and positive or your intention is dark and you wish harm on others. Like you could just be classifying yourself as a human being, not necessarily aligning with a witch or a healer. You don't even have to use that language. Like who are you as a human? Are you operating as a quote unquote good witch? Do you have good intentions or do you have poor intentions? Right? I know healers even around my community who have poor ill intentions and if we're using the language of a witch, I would say that's a black or a dark witch, right? They hold, it's the intention that they hold. It's not necessarily like that they look a certain way or they have a black cat, right? And that was the myth um, many years ago. And sometimes that myth still carries on in our day to day. So you can take that with a grain of salt as well, but that's that's life, right? We're putting spells on each other all the time. If someone tells you you're not good enough, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. If you get that message as a child, that can be translated as a spell of some kind. And Caroline Miss talks so gracefully and intricately about this. So if you're, if you want to learn more about how we are put under spells day to day, I mean, just look at the advertisement online and on the television, you could see those as spells. So what are their intentions? Are they ill-willed or are they positive? Are they uplifting? Okay. Let's go back and track back to the moons. Okay. For the full moon, when I used to bartend, I would honestly write on my calendar when the full moons were so I could be extra centered and prepare before work because it was different. Like work was different, the people were different, the issues were different, and there was just an increase of energy from the patrons. And the full moon is all about outward expression, right? This has been built upon the seeds that you've planted during the times of rest, rejuvenation, reflection. And if you set intentions during the darkness of the new moon, the full moon is the time to release them. It's the time to act on them. Ayurveda says that the full moon is often when a woman is at her strongest, if you will. There's also a study from 2013 in the journal Interactive Cardiovascular and Thoracic Surgery that states that patients who had heart surgery during a full moon stayed in the hospital four fewer days than patients who had surgery during other lunar cycles. How fascinating is that? The waning moon invites us to further clear out, clearing, cleansing. And this cycle continues the shift back to the new moon. Energetically, the waning moon is the time as being powerful for getting things done in an easier way. It may feel a bit more fluid, like the flow may be enhanced when you're trying to get things done and you're doing it during the alignment of the waning moon. Another way of syncing with the cycles is following the Ayurveda clock. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with Ayurveda, Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga and is the oldest practicing medicine in the world and originates in India. I completed my Ayurvedic studies with the Kripala School of Ayurveda and I highly recommend their full foundations and Ayurveda health counselor track, especially if you're interested in professionally practicing Ayurveda. 
I, I highly recommend studying with someone, an organization, institution, before you start treating people with Ayurvedic regimens. From 6 to 10 a.m., so this is, again, the Ayurvedic clock, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is known as earth or kapha time of day. If you wake up past 6 a.m. and you feel tired in the morning, you could try waking up before the clock strikes 6 a.m. in kapha time. This is also best um, to perform exercise during this time because you're known as your strongest. It's the earth element. It's the most dense. Kapha nature is strength, endurance. And 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is the fiery time. It's the pitta time of the day. It's the time where you're transforming when the sun is at its peak in the sky, right? And about 12 p.m., noon, it's when your agni, your digestive fire within, is also the highest, which is why eating your largest meal at this time during pitta time around noon is highly, highly recommended because everything is connected, right? What's happening out there is happening in there. What's happening outside is happening inside of you at the same time. A strong Agni is also known as being highly correlated with your immunity. Strong Agni equals strong immunity in Ayurveda. So skip the heavy dinners and eat larger lunches. You'll thank me later. 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., is known as air or ether or vata period. This is when you want to do all of your thinking and work that requires creativity, requires discernment, requires um, making good choices. Your mind tends to move quickly during this time. That's really a quality of vata, and this is a vata time of day. If you tend to crash during this time, this is a message, okay? If I'm going to say it again. If you tend to crash during this time between 2 and 6 p.m., it's a message from your cycles, from your clock, If you're reaching for coffee, caffeine, chocolate, or you tend to fight the fatigue, try taking a 10-minute shavasana, take a nap, take a siesta, right? Some countries do this well. Everyone just takes a siesta in the middle of the day, and then when they get up, they're back at it again. The body is so wise. You're getting messages. When you're tired, it's a sign that you're human, right? We often, um, we get caught up and how we're supposed to feel. And we start to compare like, okay, we're hungry. So hopefully, you know, if we're, if we're all right, we're eating. And if we're thirsty, hopefully we're drinking water. But then we get tired and it's like, we freak out. Why am I tired? Why am I, because uh, you're human. So pay attention to when you get tired. Those are messages. Instead of fighting the fatigue, take that break. Put legs up the wall, Vipariti Karani, that posture in yoga you're likely not getting the nourishment you need. And I'm not just talking about food during the earlier hours of the day, or if it's, this has been happening for a while, like maybe you need a complete protocol to help you get the nourishment you need through the senses. If you're crashing during Vata time, 6 PM to 10 PM is again, earth. We're going back. It's earth or Kapha period again. However, this is PM, not AM. They need things. They need different things cyclically. This is when we begin to slow down. This is when we begin to rest. This is not the time for heavy power yoga and running your marathons. By 10 p.m. you're likely in bed or hopefully you're in bed. Take a look outside. Take a look outside. The sun setting is not (laughs) coincidence. You are the sun. You are nature. You can really start to pay attention 
again, to what's happening out there and how it's correlating to what's happening in there. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is pizza time again. This is a very important time to be sleeping because your body is digesting, your body is healing, it's rejuvenating, it's renewing, and detoxing itself naturally. Your body detoxes itself naturally. When you are awake during this time, your energy or your agni, your digestive fire is, is being used to be awake, not just focus on rejuvenating, renewing, and detoxifying the body. Ayurveda stresses that this is an extraordinarily important time. So go to sleep and stay asleep from 2 to 10 a.m. And if this is an issue, ask for help if you need it. The last little bit is 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., which is again, vata time. Are you seeing this? Like the cycles within the cycles? This is where you have REM sleep. You may find that this is a period of time when your sleep becomes interrupted you may wake up during this time and that may be a sign that something's off or your body may just want to be waking up a little bit earlier meaning you need to fall asleep earlier so waking this is this people come to me with this um question often where they're waking up regularly at 3 a.m or another time and wanting to know the sign so if you're waking up regularly at 3 a.m i suggest and this is general like if you're looking for personalized information that's where my one-on-one sessions come in the general consensus for me my understanding is waking up at the regular hour of 3 a.m is likely a sign that spirit or an energy is trying to get your attention so you can tell them to go or you can sit with them ask them questions so what's going on what do you want me to know then the cycle goes back to 6 a.m again There are cycles everywhere, cycles in our seasons, cycles in our daily clock, our menstrual cycles, our moon cycles, the cycle of life itself. When we start to pay attention and when we start to have the courage to follow these rhythms, our health and our well-being will really start to improve. Our connection to our intuition will heighten and perhaps our fear of death will even loosen its grip. What a blessing it is to be alive, to witness the trees die and sprout again, to stand at the feet of the ocean tides and watch her effortlessly choose our connection to the moon cycles, to listen to the menstrual cycle and see the power and the wisdom that lies within the woman, to gather in community, watching the moon shift from new to full, full to new, new to full and back again. To honor the mother, to honor the moon and the calling within me. I have begun the new moon digital ceremony. So again, if you're interested, May 23rd and, excuse me, April 23rd and May 22nd are the next ones. You can contact me. You can book your sessions at kellyrichintuitive.com and you can tag me listening to the show, share the show with others on Instagram at Kelly Rich Intuitive. I hope you enjoyed today's episode that you got at least one nugget of wisdom that you'll carry with you. And if you feel called, you can share the episode and maybe even share one thing that you're choosing to shift to align with the healing cycles and powers of nature. Don't forget to subscribe to the episode and write a review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Kelly Rich, your host, and I'm so happy that you're here and that you're finishing the episode. I'll see you next Sunday for a whole new vibe.